I've said it once, and I'll say it again. If Sage of Lantnam were a 1-3 instead of a 1-2, it would be broken. Cast uh, episode seven. I don't know. <laughs> Lucky number seven. Uh, this will be the fall brawl breakdown, and I think a little retrospective on EW slash perspective, prospective on this year's EW. Right. Yeah, kind of the um, that's you know the end of the line of the series of awesome old school tournaments coming up. Yeah, it's been a gauntlet. It's going to be, I don't know. I mean, last year was huge. <sighs> I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit of diminishing returns. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the ideal size for old school tournaments. Are we right into this fatigue? We're going straight <laughs> into the fatigue portion? Instead of, like, hey guys, we're like, <laughs> well, I don't know. It's like, I feel like, like, you know, if it gets up to 120, that's a lot of fucking people, dude. I think it's going to be over that. That's That's massive. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure about this. That's what Eternal Weekend's about. It's going big. Going Getting everybody together. Gigantic enchilada. I think I, I think um I think I probably feel that way because I'm not going. And so You're I I can't allow myself. Yeah, yeah. I can't allow yeah, myself to get, it's to get so bad. <laughs> to I get just, too excited. Yeah. <laughs> well I can't because go, I'd just so, be bummed. Because yeah, I was yeah. bummed to miss the Boston tournament too. Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. Well anyways, why don't we uh, introduce ourselves here? This is Moss Man, and we have Meatball and Mr. Edders with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah Pitcast Episode 7. So why don't we just launch into a little bit of the Fall Brawl stuff. Um, you know, we, we ended up with 22 players. Uh, we raised a couple hundred bucks for the Chicago Food Depository, which was our charity of choice uh, that fit in with kind of our harvest theme. So we're pretty proud of that. It'll, it'll go toward uh, providing 600 meals for hungry Chicagoans. So... That's pretty rad. Um, what else? I mean, Demon Tap was another great place. I, the room didn't feel too full, did it? Over full or felt pretty comfortable? Oh, that's cozy. Yeah, but we didn't have a whole lot more room to expand. Right. So, like, I think we had 22 players and, like, 24, 26 maybe would have been the absolute tops, you think? Yeah, and then it starts getting rough because then you're sending guys up front and then that's not fun because there's four games going on up front or something and you're not part of the yeah the action. insanity in the back. Oh, yeah. If you're not in the room, then I agree. You know what? You made a, you made a point um, earlier, Matt, regarding um, uh, what it was. You, you made some sort of comment about like looking across the room and seeing like the staples, like basics, yeah, and disenchant and power sink and swords yeah. just in their ice age form. Yeah, well, let's yeah, let's start with that because we didn't cover that in the lead up uh, episode. Yeah, but just the art on ice age is. I mean, it 
it's really nostalgic for me. And as we covered last time, you know, I really came into my own playing in that era. But just to see the alternate art versions, uh, you know, like the counter spells and the basics. It's, I see it's really manipulator. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I see. Good point. Yeah, I to me, honestly, I I had that I had the same experience. I was playing against somebody playing blue white, and uh, you know, he was all of those staples. Just like seeing the alternative versions to them made. It, Made them feel really fresh to me. It's like those oh, <laughs> being swords, but it looks. But really but good. seriously, it, it does. Looks different. It was. <laughs> it feels frisky. It does. It's like the novelty. Honestly, yeah. those cards, those alternate versions, to me, they really feel as old school as yeah. any other thing. Yeah. They feel they feel as old school to me as like a revised. I mean, it's, uh, it's old school. Or it's just, yeah, it's just old school with a little twist. I I would, I don't know. You're opening a bit of a floodgate, hmm. but let it out. I'm okay. I'm okay with allowing those. Those I don't know. Just like aesthetically to play against them, they feel satisfying. Yeah, they, it's not like somebody pulling out a fucking foil card or something against right. you. So we need to have like a certain amount of restriction because people tend to take it too far. It's it's why we tend not to allow proxies because. Some people just take it too far. They'll just put post-it notes on their deck. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Those, I mean, those are le- legitimate cards, and to they, me, and they, they look they, badass, and they look and they look really like, cool. And like that, shat- you used shatters, right? Oh yeah, I say shatters. Yeah. That are like tin with man. the broken tin man. Yeah, it's just broken. It's and and oh, the yeah. basic lands, just increasing your basic land yeah. art choices by two hundred percent or I don't know one point five x whatever it is. Yeah, it's just lovely. Someone plays a snow covered forest against you. Ah. Yeah. They just yes. look at they, and they do they yes. do they look they look really good to me and they're black bordered. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that I think Chris Rush did the planes on Ice Age that you can put them together to make like one continuous artwork a uh, triptych um, or something? Yeah, and I forget how it is set up exactly, but like if you have all three planes, it makes like one continuous landscape. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. They, I don't think it was the uh, the same with the other lands. I think it was just his planes were that way. Um, when we first did the, or I should say, when we did the very first Ice Age event at Essen House in 2017, I played like a blue-white control. And I think, yeah, this was the deck that had like copy artifact and jester's cap. Oh, but yeah. it ran like, you know, the Ice Age counter spells and the Ice Age disenchants and the Ice Age swords and the Ice Age lands and all that shit. And it just looked really sweet. And I remember yeah. bawling Danny with uh, like three Jester's cap. But he was like, yeah, I appreciate the aesthetic look of, you know, of all the, the Ice Age stuff rather than just like, oh, here's Nybazar Zoo with four incinerates. Yeah, I, Ice Age Swords is my yeah. art of choice. And that's why I play in the other Eternal formats. I've got my set of Ice Age and I was so excited to be able to use that. Oh, yeah. I think it is. I, I find it to be aesthetically superior because it tells the story better of like the sword like transmuting into a dove it's like it's like more like active rather than like some dude with a scythe even though jeff men just probably he's in my top like three uh, it's good art but it's i know what you mean like there's just something there's a novelty with the ice age version and maybe it does have to do with novelty and we kind of you know yeah i mean we talked about last time that this is the dlc version of old school and it's 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 all the same gear but the the color is a little bit different and new skin your your armor yes new skin new skin but it it makes a difference it matters yeah it up man it does 
I feel like I could have. Um, I feel like I could have participated more in like the '95 spirit, like the aesthetic. What I was trying to do is I was trying to like game the system. I was trying to <laughs> hack the Gibson. I was. I was trying to. I was trying to meta game. I was thinking of a lot more honestly from like a gameplay perspective rather than an es- an aesthetic right. perspective, which might have been my downfall to a certain extent. You might have outthought yourself. I might have. I might have outbrained myself. Yeah, you might have outbrained yourself because last I checked, you got trampled by Reanimator <laughs> in round four. Well, tell us a bit about that. Tell that us was about round. That was the the last round. Round five. That was the last round because we were you and I were playing for top four yeah. if i beat you i would have gotten third place and um you were playing for so i was playing for third and you were playing for second mm-hmm. and so i was um testing a necropones deck that splashed red for a bunch of burn because i figured so like the most obvious choice is to play the necro black weenie deck Level zero necro or whatever you want right. to call it, um, and I thought, okay, well, if my deck has the ability to trade resources with them, like I get to kind of pick and choose what creatures stay in play, then I'm going to have an advantage in the mirror because the the two one knights are just going to smack up against each other, right? You can't you they since they all can get first strike, there'll never be a board state where one kind of overtakes the other. So it it would be either through like a big creature, like a, I don't know, Isan's Shade, or like a Hypnotic Specter that keeps through and pinging you for two. But if you have Necro in play, that it doesn't really matter. So mm-hmm. I figured the burn spells were kind of the uh, buster in the mirror. But the more I played the deck, the more I realized that there are so many things that go completely over the top of what that deck is trying to do. I mean, the unrestricted demonic consultation gives decks that are trying to assemble two to three card combos unbelievably consistent access to the stuff that they need. And so when you're playing black and red, you don't have a lot of ways of interacting with your opponent. And it would just be, you know, your opponent could very easily put together like Power Monolith or, you know, in... Um, honestly, even like Stormbind was enough to kind of grind, grind me out. So I, I wasn't very impressed with the deck. And in general, when I play Magic, I like to be the person who does like the powerful <laughs> over the top things. I don't like to be playing like two other wow. creatures. I like to, I, if, I, if I beat you, I want to do it like really flashy and really cool. Um, otherwise, I would rather just kind of like go up and smoke. So I switched to playing Stasis. And the reason why I played Stasis is because um, it's a Howling Mind deck, and um, Howling Mind seems good against Necropotence because you get the Howling Mind draws and they don't since they skip their draw step. And a lot of the decks that I anticipated in the field would be um, issuing Disenchant from their lists because Necropotence, in my opinion, is not a good disenchant target. First time you play Necro, you get paid, and then if you disenchant it, you get your draw step back. So I figured that Stasis would kind of go over the top of absolutely everything while having four disenchants of its own to stop other combo decks. So I, I ignore the, the Necro decks and just kind of out-goldfish them because they probably won't kill me with their 2-1 Knights before I can lock them out. 
There's a problem with this plan, though, right? And that is there wasn't that much Necro in the room. There wasn't as much as I anticipated, Out of 22 no. players, I think there were only like five Necro decks. And yeah. That, and that might have been, might have been, yeah, four or five. There was only, I think, one Mono Black Necro deck. Yeah. Honestly. And then there were a couple combos. Compared compared to the other things that you can do, right? Those other those other combo decks, that that Mono Black deck seems really underpowered. And I don't know if... if People just didn't have four necros, or they just kind of thought, "Well, I don't want to fuck around with this." Or you know, other, you know, people may not, you know, just been interested in it, or just maybe rusty with the the notion of how to operate, and how to, you know, how best to maximize. It. I mean, you do have to practice it. It's very. You it's, have to know yes, when to necro. Do. You have to know how much necro for. Not any geek off the street can just no, pick up a necro and, and run wild. It's really it. really hard. It's really really hard to play with because ideally your deck is constructed so that. It's and I, I I remember saying this last week. So you kind of it's um it does it does the same thing kind of across the board. Your cards right. are largely replaceable with each other. Yeah. They're, they're redundant. That's exactly yeah. the word that I was looking for. So, but unfortunately, the stasis deck um, so just you, loses to itself sometimes. Did you finish three two? I finished three two. Okay. What else did you lose to? I lost to I lost to Jason who was playing. Um, see, this is the thing when you play with stasis. There's just uh, cards that incidentally give you fucking fits jason paul jason paul okay. um and he was playing a, a kind of a nifty deck it was like an atog hybrid sort of way he was playing like triskelions and copy artifacts and atogs restricted cards and um a couple copies of necro i'm not sure just if he value. went all in just just kind of for value and so he was playing black vice and that is a card that I just have to answer right away, or it kills me. And I'm not playing any uh, removal in the main deck. So the one Atog, a lot of the times when you play Stasis, you can kind of take the first hit from even their Fatty. Like, even their, like, Urnum and their, and their Juzum. You can take your five, and then you slam Stasis. Yeah. Um, but he, you can just not attack with the Atog, keep playing Artifacts, 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 Artifacts. Yeah. And then have enough so that you can kill me in one swing, even if your creature didn't. Yeah, I mean, in our game one in round five, I had on my turn two, I had uh, Dance of the Dead, 5 5 Triskelion, and uh, animated 4 5 Isan Shade, right? And so I'm thinking, well, shit, I'm just going to run you over, right? Yeah. You were able to disenchant the animate on the shade. Right, because you couldn't swords him. I don't think you were running swords, right? Not in the you main. You would be able to swords him, but you could dis- you could attack the enchantment. Right? Yes. <clears throat> so you took care of him, um, and then you. I got you down to like what, two or four, some really small number. I was low. And uh, yeah, it was. I, I remember. Yeah, I remember my my. I was my tapping my mana very carefully because I knew that like you. I think you would. By, uh, two trikes in play by some point. I knew yeah. that like I couldn't go below seven. So, so here was the cool thing about that interaction was okay. So I skip my untap phase, but in my upkeep phase, I can untap dudes via the uh, dance. dance of the dead trigger. Yeah. So I had to try oh, to so be playing. Cool. Mm-hmm. I had to be playing double lands, untap and attack. Play double lands, untap and attack. And how did I end up? Why did I end up giving up on that? I think I got you in the Kismet. Oh uh, yeah, you, that's right. Once you played Kismet, you might have even played a second or something, and yeah, then it was just over. Because I, I yeah. literally had no out in the deck. Hashtag no outs. A lot of the time, a lot of the time, you can assemble like the combination of demonic tutor, regrowth, and recall. And when you have those three cards, you get to 
pretty much do whatever you want. You can you can you end up casting time walk about four times, yeah. building mana, and then you finally get a chance where you can tutor and time walk in the same turn um, for the kismet. Cast time walk, untap, play stasis. So your unsavory stasis, we ran one Ice Age card, right? Just the Zeranor? Just the Zeranor, which, which wasn't even that good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically a strictly 94 deck with... That I thought ones. would be good, because yeah. I never get a chance to play stasis without getting fucking crushed by Savannah Lions. And so I'm like, okay, this is going to be a bad chance. And I was, I was running fucking hot to start. I even started out playing against another reanimator deck. That was Hellman. Uh, yeah, and it looked and it looked really, really good for me. Then again, my draws, my draws are really good. See, the, see, the deck just doesn't. Yeah, that like, never goes out of style. Yeah, I know. Casting Ancestor Recall in the first turn, which I did both games. Now, yeah. it was nice to when in our match, I was able to do Ancestral Recall against you all three games, and that felt good. That was a little bit of comeuppance for you. I never get mad when my opponent casts Ancestral. I just do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I do literally all the time. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So, you want to really, pivot, you want to pivot to Reanimator? Or? Oh yeah. yeah. So <laughs> let's this, talk about this, let's talk about the heal. This, this deck is so good that regrow and time walk aren't good enough <laughs> because they're too slow and they're hard to operate. Because it's just like I want to be using this man to just reanimate more big dudes or pay the uh, upkeep tax on Dance of the Dead. I don't need to. I don't need to regrow anything. Yeah, so talk about like how consistently it's you were able to put a fatty into play on the second turn, for instance. Uh, th- well, and, and I was running a little bit hot all day, but three times I used Lotus and something else to double reanimate. That's so, just unbeatable. And this, see, this is this is what I was thinking. If I'm playing with black and red cards, yeah, and I just behind. have a million two yeah. ones in my deck, how the fuck do I beat a six six <laughs> or a seven seven mobster that's <laughs> yeah. dancing? Yeah, dancing. Under I, I, I'm just like even one. It um, just very consistently. So does I, it. I, there's eight reanimator effects, right? So I've got two, four animates, four dance of the dead. In our last game, Carter, uh, for the kill, I went dance of the dead. Target trike, you counter it, and yeah. then I just played two more and brought out the two trikes and shot you down for six. Oh yeah, trikes. yeah. It was like it was after I cast a draw seven. Yeah, you did a time twister and just fueled me up. Yeah, and I guess in terms of the consistency, right? So there's the eight reanimators, but with bizarre, I had bizarre in play on turn one or two in eleven out of fourteen games on the day. Two, one of the games I just got rolled. I mulled to three because it was just dog shit. I was mm-hmm. on a game two. I steamrolled in game one, and I was just being hella greedy. And, you know, that game was a train wreck, like a two-minute train wreck. And then, like, another one, I did another aggressive mull. I think it was against Lil Greg, um, where I, like, mulled to five, and I literally didn't do a single thing for five turns and then just scooped. Um, but And then another one... I had a turn one ancestral, so I was able to pitch two dudes off the ancestral and reanimate one on turn two, and then drew into a bizarre a couple turns. Oh, later. you discarded during the. Oh, that's so random. So it's like I draw. Oh like, god! I don't have bizarre, but I have ancestral. So now I'm up to nine. Pitch two dudes. Next turn, land mox reanimate. You know, and then maybe draw bizarre two turns later. But I was able to have bizarre or black source DC bizarre eleven out of fourteen times, and that's the only thing you need. Bizarre is the. Once I have Bizarre turn one, I'm probably going to win, unless it's the mirror match. Did you, um, 
Did you? Was that the car that you pretty much always consulted for? Yes, I consulted. I think for an Animate Dead one time, and then I, I think I, I well, check that. I did the Chaos Orb consultation when I was entering hashtag oh, no outs territory against <laughs> Jaco because like he had me dead on. He basically had me dead in two turns if I didn't do that. So that wasn't. It's not like I made a ballsy choice. That was just my only choice mm-hmm. in that situation. But uh, normally, yeah, I, I DT'd for Bizarre mostly, and then I think one time for a reanimator effect, just I, to go get a trike for lethal. I like the way that you built your deck with um, Juzumjin to give yourself a creature that you could actually cast. Well, hi, yeah, him and... Four. Well, because you can cast the, the Nether Shadow, but he's a 1-1 one, one for two black. That sucks. You can do the ghoul at three and a black, but he's a three one, but he's hasted. But it's that four drop Jizam that's a real nice beefy threat. It's just such a house. And then, you know, I can dance the dead and he's a six six. And it's just not too many swords because if you figure everyone's gonna be playing the 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 necro deck, like you don't want swords against the I mean the like the, the, the exactly. necro deck has all the creatures are protection from white. Swords yeah, there's, is there's not horrid. a lot of swords. And so a lot of the times your your opponent is is gonna have a shit game one against you. Yeah. And their sideboard cards aren't even that good. No. Like like Tormod's Crypt doesn't even come close to being good enough. Tormod's Crypt is a zero mana counter spell for one anime deck. What was tasty was uh so in the mirror match versus Jayco, I think I can't remember which game it was. I think it was game three. He won the game, but a fun interaction was uh he had a deep spawn in his graveyard, and I, and he had a couple other, you know, a bunch of other cards in there, maybe one other creature or something. And uh, I do Dance of the Dead or Animate Dead, target his deep spawn, and made him crypt himself. That's pretty great. Yeah, that's, that's a good feeling. That's but, pretty great. Unfo- and we double checked it. Unfortunately, like copy artifact, I can't then pick a new target for the uh, animate. Then I have to go. It comes into play, triggers with a target. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like copy. Then I go get my dude out after he's blown his crit. Yeah. But it still made him use his card to remove his cards from the game. So yeah, that's yeah. Your, and right there, that's just how you break. That's how you break that mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, they do the work, and then you. It's like the person who yeah, gets like he, the first accumulated knowledge. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jacob probably boarded out at least one bizarre, and he's like, "Well, I'll just in the mirror." And he's like, "Well, I'll just let him bizarre his dudes." And then mm-hmm. I guess I've still got you the same turn. I'll snatch yours. Oh, and I'm citing in the workshops so I can hard cast my. Tetravis and shit like that. So his version was definitely more optimized, but I had him beat on style because I was running Baron fucking Singer. So, but he wasn't playing Juzum Jay. No, he didn't. Uh, he ran just more good stuff. He had Mind Twist in there, and I think he had Chaos Orb in the main. Whereas I just like I didn't even have Chaos Orb in the main. Like I, I sided that in. I just went all in on dudes. So like I wanted to make sure I'm putting as many fat dudes in the graveyard as I can. And what about the um, what about the the Ashen Ghoul Nether Shadow package? Did did you kind it's of a little, did you it's grind overrated. people down with no, them? No, it's overrated because I had so many because I ran the Homelands Legends and the Jizams and the Trikes and the Deep Spawns. I would just steamroll people, so I wouldn't even get to the grinder part. Like I probably did a total of like four damage all day with Nether Shadow. Then again, the games probably so, none of the games were probably particularly close because your deck is broken. No, it was yeah, it was just steamroll. Like I beat Roar in like eleven minutes. Yeah, and we played an extra game. I think that deck is frankly bringing a gun to a knife fight. It's it's a it's egregious. It's powerful. fun to play. 
Yeah, it, it's fun if you're playing it, man. Playing against, I mean, yeah. there's just, you're just nothing, you, there there's like, nothing okay. you can do. Okay, and like, yeah, you have a seven-seven on turn two. Great. Yeah, I played. It against, has shroud. I, I played against Jake, and he absolutely steamrolled me. Games one and two, we played a third game for fun. He steamrolled me there too. Um, he, he had the ghoul shadow package. Every turn, you know, he stacks all the triggers up. And I think they came back once. Like, one dude came back one time. It seemed mm-hmm. like a lot of work for yeah. not a lot of payoff. I think he hard cast the 1-1 one, one dude one time and just attacked in a bunch. But um, Yeah. They seemed fairly terrifying. Free. Yeah. So you were on a Ponza-type deck, though. So how come you just had bad luck trying to... Because you needed to blow up his bazaars. Yeah. I, I it's know, so fast. It's just yeah, not good I, enough. I, I took a really greedy line one game. I went, like... Land, lo- like strip, lotus, regrowth, strip, like strip you twice or something. And it, it, it just didn't, it, it didn't matter. Like it, it was already too late. He just DC'd for something and got what he needed. <laughs> it's, it's like, like okay. oh, cool. Sick. You That's stripped great. out two bizarre. Yeah. I'll DC for another. Now it's yeah. feasible that there's like another combo deck in the format that can like out goldfish the reanimator deck, like, um, like Power Monolith or the yeah. Orc Lumberjack thing. But, like, we're really quickly devolving into territory that is just silly, right? If if no fair deck can beat Reanimator, then it's just a combo deck goldfishing against another combo deck. Yeah. it's not None of these are particularly interesting games of Magic. Yeah, I, you have to step back and reevaluate the metagame. So I, I went to the weekend thinking that everyone's going to be going to be Necro. So I kind of built my deck. I played Ponza. I wanted to blow up dual lands. I like I wasn't really thinking about reanimator. I'm like, no one's gonna be playing that. That's not gonna happen. It's <laughs> totally the best deck. So yeah, it's totally the best deck. So had, I, had I known that, I would have played Swords to Plowshares and Disenchants, but I had mm-hmm. zero of eight of those cards. So, you know, another go. I think there's definitely a way to configure your deck so that it's better against reanimator. Well, you know what's but I think the power level moat. Yeah. DC for a moat. Because you don't have the equipment to remove well, an enchantment. Yeah, and Moat stops the deep spawns, which are the number one threat. Mm-hmm. I mean, huh. in a version like Jacob's where you have four Tetravos, you know, you, st- you, you can you can find a way around those guys. You just disenchant them, right, in the white plan. But Gravity Sphere. There you go. Moat Gravity Sphere. Bring them all down. <laughs> Moat Gravity Sphere. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's I think there's ways I think there's ways to beat it. I wouldn't call it an unsolvable problem. But I also think that um, I think I think for the sake of of promoting more interesting gameplay, we should restrict demonic consultation at yeah. least. Took the thought out of my head. At least I I would restrict bizarre. Well, you would. <laughs> no, but I know. I actually no. I actually I actually don't think so. I think I think I think, I think I think that deck is okay. Because when when if you have restricted DC, you're just going to have games where reanimator shits the bed because they didn't get a bizarre because they don't have four tutors five yeah. tutors so instead of the nine games always swinging in favor of reanimator it becomes 50 50 when they just malfunction and yeah I mean, or you can strip the first bizarre and that you know they're not guaranteed yeah, to find exactly the and, and the deck is still really really fucking good even with one you beat me without consulting and yeah. I thought I had a good matchup against you. Yeah, it's like so. I don't need to consult. I'll just draw bizarre. Oh, well, just draw. Why do you consult when I just have two in my opening set? <laughs> no sweat. <laughs> oh, dude, these <laughs> these consultations suck. When you're blessed, I just draw perfectly <laughs> every when time. When you're blessed, it's easy. <laughs> did you see a single brainstorm cast? I, I did see. not. I did not. I saw a um, infused cast. 
That was really cool. That was Butson, right? Butson was playing uh, Twiddle Vault with Infuse, which I thought was a really mm. cool, really, really cool idea. And um, he was playing a lot of nature's... Uh, Lore? It's the... Um, what it's, does Infuse it's, do? Infuse is a two and a blue, and I think it untaps a land, an artifact, or something else. And That's then so cool. you draw a card during the beginning of next turns. Nice. So it's an extra twiddle, basically. It's like an it's oh like an extra God. it's like an extra twiddle that also uh, replaces itself too. Oh, that's so sick! It's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. I needed time vault because twiddle it's the beginning vault. of next turns upkeep. So if you twiddle time vault, you untap and take your infuse draw, and then draw for howling mountains. <laughs> A bunch of extra turns and extra cards. Yeah, it's really cool. That's a really cool idea. Damn that Butson. He was giving me a hard time about the Cubs. I almost had to slug him, but I love him. Well, you know, it's over. It's over for you. <laughs> it's days. over, baby. Winter <laughs> is coming. Uh, I don't know. Anything else on the Fall Brawl stuff or anything else you want? Like other cool decks or. Next time I'm groups? going, I'm going to ignore. I'm going to try to build a deck more in the spirit. Of the format, when, rather when, than try to think about like the metagame and everything, because uh, like it's like I said before, for some reason I think that the format is like really competitive, and I think I should have just there was a, played there a lot cool of just Ice Age fun decks in there. Yeah, I should have just played uh, cooler Ice Age cards and kind of not cared as much. Yeah, I echo that. I I started my brewing with Orcish Lumberjack. I wanted to cast turn two Blood Moons and. Stone Rains with that or something, and then I scrapped that, and then I wanted to use uh, Nature's Lore and Sylvan Library and just have a bunch of singletons, and I thought about just doing a total singleton deck, just fun cards all the way out, and I think if I could do it all over again, I'd do something like that. I think there should, just like there's a, uh, <laughs> a gentleman's agreement not to play the deck. <laughs> Maybe we can uh, maybe we can discourage people who ju- just want to win the tournament. Hey, you know, I just got those bazaars signed at Lobster Con by Menges, so I wanted to use them. If you got the toys, if you got the yeah, yeah, with great power comes <laughs> great winning percentage. Yes. <laughs> what, what, what were you saying? The deck is like seventeen and three in, uh, in the last so however many turns. Basically, Houtman, Jaco, and I had probably fifty out of sixty same main deck cards at least. Yeah. Um, you know, probably like 55 out of 60. I, I haven't seen Hellman's list, but I, I would guess it was probably 50 out of 60. And between the three of us, we were, uh, what is it, 17 and 3 on the day or something like that? No, wait, we didn't play 20 matches, did we? No, no, we were 12 and 3 on the day, on that day. And then if you factor in uh, the last time we did an old school uh, 95 event, what Johnny Best played Reanimator and was 5-0. Yeah. So that version of the deck in just standard OS 95 tournament play is now 17-3 and three in the last 20 matches it's played. And that doesn't even count what Jaco did at the uh, split format. I think he played Reanimator there, so he might have been 2-1, 3-0. So it might be like 20-3 and three in the last 23 matches. It's, it's clearly the best. It's and very clearly the best. Th- my only thought, my only hiccup or hang-up on restricting DC... It's good if you if your only goal is to hurt Reanimator, then you restrict DC without question. But what about all the other opportunities? Like it, you're you're hampering other brewing opportunities, and it's like, well, maybe you just have this one deck that's going to float up to the top, but you have all these other cool brewing opportunities. And so it's like, yeah, let the babies have their bottle, and we're going to do cool shit with DC down here in the pit. Well, you know, it, like, do, do consulting you, do you restrict for... a card 
to attack one deck in old school? Well, you know, it is certainly much riskier to consult for a restricted card, of course. So if Bazaar was restricted, but Demonic Consultation was not, um, you know, you would you would be consulting for your Bazaar every time. You would probably get one to two Bazaar activations. Bazaar is a giant fuck you to the players that want to play Reanimator. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem well, is... Well, I think playing Reanimator is kind of a fuck you to everyone else. Yes. Nobody, nobody gets to play. Like, the deck just runs the tables easily. It's like worse. It's more, it's the power level between that deck and what everyone else has been playing in these tournaments is a wider gulf than the deck and what everyone else plays mm-hmm. in an average old school tournament. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think the band's DC because that's the that's the virtual every other card in your deck basically. So oh, I have bizarre. I'll DC for an animate dead. Oh, I have. Uh, bizarre, or I have animate dead. I'll DC for a deep spawn, and that just replaces whatever you don't have. Yeah, and I think, like I said, I think there are other combo decks that can go over the top of Reanimator. That's totally that's totally true, but it just kind of depends on what you want for the for the format. Do you want people to kind of delve in deep to these to these wacky Ice Age cards and kind of yeah. come up with weird interactions? Because you can't play a deck like Reanimator. No, you can't. You don't even get to just, you don't even get to let them play. No, you know, it just steamrolls them. How's the matchup of Reanimator versus Land's Edge? I don't know. I haven't. I didn't play Lorian. I played Lorian. They were brutal. Like those. That deck is terrifying. It's good. Yeah. I, I don't know. They're kind of like like shooting each other like on different axes, and I don't know if the, there's not a lot of interaction. Yeah. But it's like if he gets that glacial cat somehow, it doesn't matter how many deep spawns you have. Right. Mm-hmm. It um, buys him. It buys him enough turns. Just for the to... viewers at home, Lorian was on a black red, I think necro lands edge. So he's got four tower, four necro. For DC, obviously, Lands Edge, uh, Glacial Chasm. Yep. What else? But that's like the the main. Yeah, that's the core. Yeah, rituals. Yeah, he said rituals, he, yeah. he's told me that he's killed someone on the second tournament today. I think he did it in the in the tournament too. That's pretty impressive. With um, because uh, what he was explaining to me, which was not something that I that I knew, is that there's a there's a window that you get to act on, um, between when you uh draw the cards from Necro and the the discard phase. Mm. They cut they all the cards come into your hand during the during the end step. And then of course, you know clean up. And then of course we go we go to clean up after that. But you could feasibly have Lands Engine play, draw 18 cards with Necropotence and throw all the lands at your opponent and yeah. kill them in the end step. Yep. And, and if, if you play Glacial Chasm, which uh, was that what you were about to say? Yeah, yeah. And, and if your opponent's somehow still alive after you throw 18 lands at them, uh, you then go to your next turn, and then thanks to Tower, you gain a whole bunch of life, and you just repeat and repeat and repeat. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's so, beautiful. It's a beautiful deck. It's, it's, it's pretty it's cool sweet. how it takes advantage of like that very very yeah, brief exactly. period These where you can use livers. all the cards yeah. Yeah. that you draw. So that's a deck that could probably just outgun a reanimator, but if like one thing goes wrong in the assembly because it's this multi-piece combo, you need necro and and you need uh lands edge and maybe a tower and maybe a chasm if you've taken a couple beats, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have some problem assembling a couple parts of that machine, for whatever reason. I mean, you've got four DC, but still, like, Reanimator can still run you over. And if you restrict the DC, now it's even harder to assemble that combo. I don't know. Harder to find the hoser cards for yeah. um, 
you know, the reanimator deck. It's a, it's a, it's a difficult problem to solve without playing a deck that goes efficient. I mean, yeah, we don't really play a whole lot of 95. I mean, so this was a kind of a question I asked a couple people throughout the day. Like, you know, this is the first old school event we've run for 95 in Chicago, the first in almost two years anywhere. Like how often would you want to do a dedicated 95 event? Like once a year or what? I think the format's really fun. I wish people had it just kind of ready to go. I think there's a lot of room for exploration. But a full event, I don't know, once a year doesn't seem like enough. Yeah, I would I would happily do it twice a year. Like I like uh, so? what we were talking about before, like it is like I say just a really rich and flavorful set. Yeah. And there are definitely um interesting things to experiment with. Uh I just think that if we kind of pushed demonic consultation and necropotents to the side by restricting them, then Wait, people would this, be what's this about restricting necro? Because that doesn't need to be done. Well I think I think it's just egregiously powerful and it's what people tend to tend to focus on. I think I think it's it's fine if but we've we, already to play established one copy. there were only like a handful of necro decks in the room. It wasn't overly focused on. Are you saying like if if you continue to grow it? Well, yeah, you're grow, not. If you continue to grow with the amount of interest in '95, people will just gravitate toward Necro. Yeah, because it's it's sort of the the marquee deck of the format. I guess like right now, it feels kind of like our own dirty little secret playing '95. And so you know, there's a couple people playing Optimized Brews, but there's just a lot of just weird jank that people are playing because why the hell not? They're cool Ice Age cards, yeah. you know. Like I'll play Jester's Mask or Jokel Hops or just these cool cards from the past. But if it gets if you let that genie too far out of the bottle, then it's just be like, well, everyone's going to be on some kind of necro build. Yeah, there's also an interesting problem with necro where it's kind of a budget deck. Like you can get drain lives and necros and just kind of go mono black to mm-hmm. that thing for pretty cheap. Low barrier to entry for right. a very competitive deck. Good point. We got which, keep... which I think is good. I think the honestly, I think the black necro weenie deck is a is a it's it's a very reasonable deck. It's 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 kind of just like a souped up mono black that has yeah. a powerful draw engine, but also like definite weaknesses. Yeah, it also doesn't do anything that's like egregiously powerful. It just plays two ones and attacks you and like maybe hymns you. So um, I'm feeling inspired looking at this ink <laughs> Sanastian falconer here. That, what is this Moss, that sits before me? Moss, Moss asked to borrow a couple copies, and I'm I'm good for most of the of the gold cards from Legends. <laughs> I, uh, I, I I do my best to keep my coffers pretty full. <laughs> there's some there's some that I'm still looking for. I don't have Tetsuo Mizawa. Mm. I don't have Angus McKenzie. I don't even have a Dune Oaken Shield. You need what's her face? Gwendolyn DeCourcy. And Gwen and Gwendolyn. She yeah. is the key. She is uh she's definitely She is a three five disrupting scepter. Yeah. She's for four. I she's think. really impressive. I think um I don't know. There's there's something. I think Legends is my favorite of all the of all the sets. I think the um, I think the art and the flavor, especially the artifact. It's like there's something about like not just the the introduction of like these legendary creatures that are all pretty much like not good, but all of these like artifacts and items like the planar gate and the gauntlets of chaos yeah. and even like mirror like mirror universe. Of course, I don't love the the world enchantments. 
Yeah. Although it is kind of funny how they like boot each other out of the of the field, but I, yeah, I like I don't if, think the abyss and yeah. uh, is a particularly cool card. I wonder if that was just later on added. It's like holy shit, we've created all these things that completely fuck with the game. Uh, what are we gonna do, boss? Uh, I don't know. Let's just have them kick each other out when they're at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Like they're, they're. It's the same with these legends, right? Like there can only yeah. be one. There can yeah. only be one the abyss. Yeah. Well, it's so evocative. It's so flavorful to have a world enchantment. If you think about what that means from like a story, gameplay, role-playing perspective, the world just becomes an abyss and it's darkness and it requires something new, the Concordia yeah. Crossroads to come well, in, overgrow and take yeah, over. Like, if, yeah, if you, new landscape. Go, right, you go back to like the, like the world-building aspect or the narrative that wizards was kind of pushing at that time through the early novelizations. Like they would, that, that very much fits in there where this, oh, oh shit, something's happened on this plane and now, yeah. you know, everybody's fucked. Like all the creatures on the battlefield are getting their asses whipped by this new thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like Legends, you can tell like from a game design standpoint, they wanted to f- kind of fuck with it a little bit and just have like weird non-standard things happening. It, this is more than just a bear versus a minotaur on a battlefield who's got the bigger stats. Like, we want to kind of push the game vertical, you know, on a different axis and then just kind of, what are, like, different ways to play the game versus just attack and deal damage? Yeah, there's, um, like, creatures actually had activated abilities and, um, you know, stuff that you could pay and, and you know, there could there could only be so many of them, you know, uh it's another like ti- like time elemental, such a cool yeah. creature from. But like, look, Legends. It, Legends was the third set, I think, or was it the second? It was the third expansion. It went, uh, I believe, Arabian Antiquities Legends. Yeah, so like with Arabians, you just have a lot of creature, like all in creatures. You have some other cool things, but it's mostly just badass creatures. We're still stuck on the battlefield, slamming awesome dudes into each other. Mm-hmm. Who can get the jizam out and right. just win? And then antiquities, okay, now we have some pretty badass artifacts, but again, there's just a lot of badass artifact creatures. But now with Legends, now we're like kind of pushing things in a weird domain where now you can't attack because I have Moat, you know? Now you everybody dies because I have Abyss. Or, mm-hmm. Everyone has haste and everyone has, yeah, you know, these. And then it's a, all, you know, it's just always been the, you know, deck builder's puzzle to look at. A card that gives a symmetrical effect, you know, yeah. Howling Mine, Winter Orb, like it happens. It happens for both of us. Yeah. And how do I how do I configure my deck so that it Take benefits me that. way Just more? Just a little bit more. And yeah. Sweet. So yeah, how did we get on this tangent? Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about Eternal Wait, Weekend. Yeah, you might be thinking about Eternal Weekend. Yeah, so we're back, getting back to ninety three, ninety four here. Yeah, for the for the marquee tournament. So just just how I thought of the fall brawl in 95 to be a sort of you know nuts and bolts gameplay oriented kind of competitive thing mm. how do you feel about this 150 person old school tournament that's gonna gather people from around the u.s well i got my spiky yayas out playing reanimator balling you with reanimator at the brawl so i'll probably play something spicy like again, I'm asking to borrow Sinastian Falconer, so I've obviously got something suboptimal on the mind. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. As far as like '93, '94 old school goes, I've just been kind of in a brewer's rut, where I just kind of want to try 
not anything like optimized, just like weird stews and just like, let's just take random ideas and see the best we can do with it. Like in terms of gameplay, it's not like I'm going to build something that I can try to X one or X two with. It's like, let's take something that's mediocre and just do the best we can with it. Oh, totally. Yeah. Find a, find a, you know, clearly suboptimal combination of cards, but you also want to refine that into something that is playable. I, I'm not going to play a fucking pirate themed deck. That doesn't really do it for me. But it's like what I did at LobsterCon. I just had, you know, Jazam's Sioux Cheese with Mana Burn and then a bunch of broken cards. And it's just like, well, let's try to use the value of all these powerful cards with these cool creatures that I like and just do the best we can with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there was really no inherent uh, value or um, strategy or consistency among it. But uh, I'm just like trying to assemble a way to win, a different way to win each time. Adders, if you had them, would you play with the blue cards? Uh, yeah, you would. Uh, would you play the Ancestral, the Time Walk, or the King of the Mall, the Twister? <laughs> time Twister. Fuck Mind Twist. I keep I'm, Mind Twist on my sideboard, by the way. That's like my philosophy exactly. going forward. Somebody tries to punk me, I board in the twist. Yeah, I'm sure I would, but my, my first love was red-green. And I feel that old school is my opportunity to just really unabashedly connect with that part of myself. So I enjoy it so much. And Naya, Red Green, like th- those are my colors. That that's what the little little baby Tyler always played. <laughs> and it's it's kind of fun to to continue to not play with the good cards. Yeah, it, it just takes me back even more. Are there are there red, white, and green cards that if money were no object, you would you would own and you would play with like moat and drop of honey and no, because those know. are antithetical to the entire Naya philosophy <clears throat> of dudes running in and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the most expensive Naya card is probably Caracas, and that's also my favorite card. Oh, I, mean, I hate fucking Caracas. The, it, I mean, in old school, it's not that great, but... I, I play a goddamn deck with five colors full of legends, and people are playing white weenie decks that's just like, well, I might as well throw a yeah, Caracas in free, there. right? Right. <laughs> and this deck, of course, is like zero strip mines, because I'm trying to cast, like, Bartel Runax and Jasmine Boreal and fucking Sulkanar the Swamp King. And it's, yeah. it's I think yeah. it was I think it was Mike Lupo, the first person who was like I, I go to visit him in Michigan. His blue white deck just random. This is the story of Mike Lupo, where he just randomly has these like daggers against the random shit that I bring. The life tap, the life tap against <laughs> mono green and cop green. I don't know anyone who even who owns a, nobody owns cop green. It's like why? And he also had a Caracas. <laughs> For my fucking five color legends deck, I'm like, Bro. why would you do that? Yeah, get treated. He shares the hive mind with you, man. He's tapped in. <laughs> he's like, I get. He's like, I got you. I got your number. You know, we're planning to go back out there. I think. I don't think it's like quite set in stone yet, but I think there's going to be another bit magic rumble. So. Michigan is definitely, in my opinion, the the second hotbed of midwestern magic. And honestly, from like a philosophy standpoint. Are you know top dogs? Yeah, pretty much everyone who I've met from Michigan plays hilarious shit. Some advanced research there's and some, academia yes, going on over there. A very, very low amount of serendipity. It's owned. 
They've got the food tank. <laughs> oh boy. The, the the auto belt think tank combine. Yeah, they've they've definitely hacked. There's something in that lead laden water out there that has gotten them into some heavy thinking. Um, it's Bazaar of Baghdad. I wish I owned Bazaar of Baghdad. I just feel like you could just set up a. Um, I really like that house caretaker engine with oh, Bazaar. The machine or whatever. It's yeah. Called. So where you're just busting up Tetravis and sacking a token to bring out a dude. Yeah. I feel like there's, I mean, there's just like a shell there. There's like Sylvan Library, Bazaar, house caretaker, fatties, and then a lot of stuff that you can do kind of in between all that. It's really interesting to me. A mid-range deck kind of grinds people out. I don't know. For me, it's Sage Alantnam. Blue, Blue artifacts with Sage Alantnam. You can just do you can do so much. And I kind of want to I kind of want to keep the um, Relic Barrier Astronauts Transfer Grant package with Sage Alantnam and Copy Artifact. And that was what I played at the Players Ball was like a variation on that. That was kind of all in on this like fast Triskelion plan. But that is like a, a package I feel that could be like switched around. Yeah. What's other pieces, other cool pieces. Other other cool pieces, exactly. Uh, remind me again how you're abusing the Sage of Latman. Well, the way that it ends up working out is um, you end up playing artifact creatures, right? And as long as you keep the Sage up, yep. their, your opponent's spot removal will draw you a card. When they go to Disenchant and they go to Swords, all of your stuff, you draw a card off it, draw a card off of it. And then slowly and surely, over the course of several turns, you begin to pull ahead. It's um, It gives you this like incremental card advantage that yeah. allows you to eventually grind your opponent. Right. It's a value save. It's not like a Ruck Egg, Ashans, Trems, McGrant, Kyle, <laughs> <laughs> build. <laughs> what about uh, if you combined bunch of robots with sage with some kind of reanimation effect so now you're able to you know get the value off your trite put him in the bin and then bring him back out that's why triskelion is just so good because you get paid like right when he comes into play yeah. Yeah. you get the you get those counters and like he takes down he like necrotals a creature and then yeah you can either you know, you can sage him into the graveyard and reanimate him, or you can copy artifact him. You can transmute for him. Yeah. You can do, you can just absolutely go all in on that. That's it. That to me is really cool, and it pretty much just requires one color. You don't need all the you don't need all the dual lands and everything. Yeah, which is um, kind of been a space that I'm looking at. I love I love monocolor decks. I find them to be very aesthetically pleasing. I've played a lot of decks with four city of brass. Yeah, and um, they are just not as as harmonious to me. Well, they're, they're less. There's less redundancy. There's there's less redundancy, and and cards like Demonic Tutor and Regrowth and Balance are are very are very powerful, but a lot of the time they're not very satisfying to play. Mm-hmm. It's much more fun to enact your deck's specific game plan than cast Ancestral three times, even though I. Do love it. <laughs> Everybody likes to draw cards. There's something. There's just something to be said in like for the discipline 
You know, like I hate Counterburn. I hate that deck. Yeah. But playing just red and blue, like there's something right. from like a philosophical standpoint that I respect. Yeah. I get that. It's just so damn efficient. Mm-hmm. That was uh, the great pleasure of my deck for the Fall Brawl was I got to run four Taiga, four Carpels, and Forest. Oh, baby. And then a bunch of Forest Mountains. It's just mono was never a problem. It was lovely. Yeah. That's really, really cool. You always had what you needed. Because we're usually suffering from pretty from pretty terrible mana. And you know, also, you know, um, something that I've also been thinking about that we were talking about a little bit earlier is like when to use the Birds of Paradise mana base and when to use the Felwerstone mana base. Mm. And the land or else. I mean, if you're going to be off, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're going to have a pretty light artifact plan, so kind of like what I'm thinking here with this big Naya, maybe birds. Oh yeah, could you go. could you could I pause you to talk a little bit more about what you were planning? Well, because we were speaking about it, but yeah, I think I mean, we're speaking still, to the mic. Yeah, it was. It's just kind of in the works yet. Like it'd be hopefully a better version of that big Naya bounce deck I played at Relic War Two. Which had three Hazizan in the main, which was rancid. <laughs> like one would be too many. I might have one in the side for flavor, but and it had like three Hazizan and three Stang. You own those, like, or you you're borrowing them? No, I have them. You got English? I've got. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna be like, let's make a deal. <laughs> um, but like uh, Italian. Yeah. No. Nah, well, his, his name is still Hazizan Tamara in Italian or whatever, but. Um, I know it just looks different. For you, it's the creatures, the legends. I, I got no problem with legend, like uh, like um, Labiso. Italian labiso, Fossato. or for, or uh, for, or uh, Universal speculare. Oh, yeah. speculare. Uh, but but the creatures to me they're they're sacred. Anyway, keep uh, going. anyway, so I'm I'm thinking of like this big Naya plan. So it's going to have all the the Naya good stuff, but then go big on the creatures with like uh, Sinastian Falconer, maybe a Stang in there for cool factor, Sarah so Angels. Cool. Um, I'll run City of Bottles, so I'll stay off the Ernie plan. Um, you know, you, I could run Shivan Dragon, maybe one in the main or one or two out of the side. If so, if I think my opponent's going to try to blow them in the main or whatever, and then just I love that. So like, I, I I love Shivan Dragon to counter the Blood Moon plan. I yeah. think that is so fucking cool. Uh, I think Slack used to do that in the deck, right? Yeah, when he used cool. to play Blood Moon in the deck and yeah. board in Shivan Dragon. Yeah. But um, so the, the idea cool. is I've got all this Naya value stuff for the early game, right? Trading removals, you know, just delaying the game. And then I just land a big dude or land a second big dude and then just, you know, win that way. It, it would have a bunch of burn. You know, I'd have the, the bolts, maybe chains, I don't know, probably fireball or two. Oh, yeah. Earthquake or two, something like that. I, I don't know. This is still like... Um, in the Genesis stage. But, so you're thinking birds or stones? Well, I would probably want to... At first, I was thinking stones because they're a little bit more durable. But then if you think about it, birds is good because people might want to use that burn on them earlier. Yeah. And if you could outlast that, now it's one less swords for your big dude, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. The Naya, the Naya philosophy, the dudes <laughs> coming at you. Yeah, the, the big dudes, dudes with the bad dudes. I like that. There's something. There's something like very, very clean. You have the the cards that make it so. Like you have disenchant so that you don't end up playing non games of Magic and. It's got so many. All that answers. stuff is very reasonable to me. It's, yeah, yeah, it's got all the tons of great answers, tons of great burn. It's got the good green stuff, card draw engine. You know. 
And listen, and if you need Gerard of the Close Fist <laughs> or Johan. I mean, Sebastian Falconer, ladies and gentlemen, what ladies, but he has the built-in soul ring. So you get him out. Boom, he's powering out another big dude. I mean, there's just pure value in there. He's he's really fucking good. Pure and he's a 4-4 he's a four, four body. Yeah. And so, so when you don't have anything else to cast, he just beats the shit out of him. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you got Jackie Green in play, pumping him up to the 4-6. Green. Blocking the, the Jews and Jin easily. Sonestian has roots in both sorcery and swordplay. He has learned never to depend too heavily on the latter. That's right. So he's a fighter mage, but he'd rather just hit Cast you with, hit you with that magic missile, <laughs> blast him with the missile. What about you? Do you do you know what you're going to play in uh, at Eternal Weekend? Probably Naya. Good old Naya. Good old Naya. Boom. Are we going to be doodling Nyas? Are you better? You better play Stang, dude. I ain't hearing that. Yeah, I gave really I gave I gave you a Stang. You did. All right. At least put it in your damn sideboard yeah. for me, will you? <laughs> <laughs> I will say there is something tasty about winning with Stang. I won one game with a Stang at Relic War against Jason Paul, where he had an Ernie in, and he put he had to like Ernie one of my Stang or the Stang token, and I had a Gauntlet out, so the token was what like a four five four five It'd be a four five a four five forest walking token got over the goal line there. The so. twin and twin. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. All right, cool. Well, um, I guess we'll we'll check back in probably after Eternal Weekend. I'm, you know, I'm going to be m- missing out and be bummed about it. There'll but. be plenty of good stuff. I, I think we're doing like eight or nine rounds. It's going to be insane. That is uh, the threshold of too much magic, my it's, friend. Yeah, it's going to be off the deep end. Because and that's why this, you need something fun to play. So you're not just yeah. trying to grind it out on your leather ass with blue and red. You know, I wouldn't be playing Stasis. <laughs> yeah, you would go crazy. Yeah, Eleven hours of magic. Well, it's just my opponents. Like people get upset losing to that deck, dude. That you shit is know. not fun to lose to. Well, because they keep thinking they have an out, and so they just prolong the end. <laughs> it's, it's like dude, once that yeah. kismet hits, yeah, give it a turn or two just to let it sink in. <laughs> give it up, <laughs> and then just go on. Give it up. You've got it. Yeah, you've got a good. You've got a good philosophy. Like just give it up. You know, you're gonna lose, kid. It's you know, pretty much pretty much the best way to do it. All right. All right, cool. Well, Lords of the Pit signing off. Moral of the story, play your Ice Age swords and disenchants. Nobody gives a shit. All right, see you.